It's Twitter Tuesday on today's Locked on Giants podcast. Your questions coming up next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, and thank you so much for making the Locked on Giants podcast your first listen of the day, or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And also, thank you so much to everybody who has subscribed to the channel. At last check, we were at 825 subscribers Need to get to at least a thousand before I get that big old lollipop from the Locked On Network. So we're getting close. If you watch us regularly here on the Locked On Giants podcast and you haven't subscribed, please do so on YouTube. Would really appreciate it. And if you listen to us on the um, podcast platforms, Apple, Google Play, and so forth and so on, uh, and you like the show, we'd appreciate a a five-star review uh, with some feedback as to what you like, what you don't like, and so on and so forth. So uh, please, if you get an opportunity to do so, much appreciated. So, all right, today we have a Twitter Tuesday. Now, I know we did a mailbag on Friday, but hey, those questions keep coming in. And as long as they keep coming in, I'm going to devote a show to answer them because I really enjoy doing it. And uh, today we have about nine questions that came in via email as well as on Twitter. And we're going to just roll right through them. So let's get started. And this question comes from at shy guy XXX. Do you think if the Giants have another losing record this year, they will fire Dave Gettleman and or Joe Judge? All right, shy guy. I think what will probably happen regardless, I could see a scenario where at the end of the year, Dave Gettleman and the Giants mutually agree to part ways. Now, unless there's like a huge turnaround and uh, the Giants go all the way to the Super Bowl, then maybe I could see a case where he might stay. But, you know, you got to remember something. Dave Gettleman is now, what, 70, 71 years old. And God bless him. He has all the energy in the world. You know, he's he's bounced back nicely from cancer and, you um, said that he's determined, you know, years ago, he said he was determined to keep, uh, keep at it until um, he couldn't do it anymore. Well, at some point, you know, we all realize that we're mortal. At some point we all say, okay, enough's enough. I want to enjoy what's left of my life. I would not be shocked if Dave Gettleman at the end of the year parts with the giants. I won't call it a firing. I don't think it's going to be a straight out firing as was the case with Jerry Reese. But I could see a scenario where the two sides mutually agree to part ways and the Giants are looking for another general manager, which hopefully, by the way, they will, if they do find themselves in that scenario, they will look outside of the organization for that next individual if Dave Gettleman does depart at the end of the year. As for Joe Judge, I do not anticipate that he will be fired at the end of the year. Um Here's the thing, the Giants, the last couple of coaches, Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, they each got about two years. John Mara himself said, we got to be a little bit more patient with our head coaches. 
So that led me to, to believe that Joe Judge isn't going to be a, a two-year project. I think he's going to get another year. If I remember correctly, I want to say Judge got a five-year deal. So I could see them sticking with him certainly another year, possibly another two years, because here's the other thing. The coaches, the uh, I'm sorry, the owners don't want to have to keep paying coaches to sit on their butts and do nothing for the, you know, until their contract runs out. So I don't see the Giants parting with Joe Judge. I mean, Joe hasn't been perfect. The staff has regressed a little bit. There's still some in-game management issues, obviously, that drive us nuts. But I could see Joe back. I could see some of his staff not back or reassigned. And um, that's what I think is going to happen on the coaching end. So thank you for that question. All right. Up next, we have another email question. And this is from Aired Mania. What would be the tipping point that would trigger changes in the front office or coaching staffs? Are there any rumors or of a shortlist for certain positions? All right. Let me answer the first question. The front, all right. I kind of actually, I kind of answered uh, the first part of it with the, uh, the, the front office, but let me uh, take that to the coaching staff now. Unless Joe Judge completely loses the locker room, like Ben McAdoo did, that, that's what I think would be the tipping point. All right. So if Joe Judge loses that locker room and, you know, once that horse escapes the barn, you, you can't close the door. So, um, I think that would be the scenario that would force management or force team ownership, I should say, to rethink the direction they're headed in with the coaching staff. Now, I do not think Joe Judge is going to lose that locker room. I like his approach um, about being transparent, about explaining to these guys why they're being asked to do certain things and for being held accountable. And Joe holds himself and his coaches accountable as well. So I don't think he's going to lose the locker room. I really don't. I see a big difference in how he's going about managing the program versus how Ben McAdoo did back in the day versus how Pat Shermer did back in the day. So that's um, how I see it. And shortlist for certain positions. Um, if you're referring to possibly general manager, you know, at this point, Dave Gettleman is still the general manager. Um, if he does depart, as I suspect will be the case, then I think we can revisit that topic. I, I can get a better feel for who might be under consideration. But right now, I think that's a little too premature for me to kind of discuss and try to speculate on. So, But save that question and ask me again as we get a little closer to the end of the season. All right, up next, we have a question from Scott2345. Do you expect Kadarius Tony to have a bigger role in the second half of the season? Yes, absolutely. I mean, Tony, as we know, got off to a slow start because of COVID, because of injuries. Even, you know, in that game against the Raiders, he didn't quite look fully healthy. He's had a couple of weeks now to get treatment, heal up. I think he's going to see a bigger role moving forward, especially the longer Sterling Shepard is out with that quad injury. 
All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But you know, here in the Northeast, the weather is starting to turn a little bit on the chilly side. Winter is just around the corner. And that means it's never too early to start thinking about a nice beach vacation somewhere. And in life, we are all beach bound for different types of vacations, whether it's passion, adventure, discovery, togetherness, you name it. And our friends at Apple Leisure have it have the right package for you. And with beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Well, visit beachbound.com today and find out. All right, Giant fans, you got Patricia Trainer here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. We are doing a Twitter Tuesday, the best show of the week, as far as I'm concerned, because it gives me an opportunity to hear what's on your minds and to answer your questions. And if you're seeing this and you'd sent me a question and you don't hear the question on this podcast, um, just pop a question either. If you're watching on YouTube, pop it in the comment section, or uh, if you're listening on the podcast platforms, uh, the address to contact me, Podcast at gmail.com. That is in the show notes. And uh, you can email me your questions and I'll hold them for the next time we do a Twitter mailbag. And if I have enough, I might even do a segment later in the week to get to those questions so that they don't sit and become stale. All right, let us continue with a couple more Twitter questions, and then we'll go into our email questions. This next one is from Guacamodo, who wants to know, let's say Saquon really plays well the second half this year, and let's say the Giants are open to shopping him. Could he fetch a second round pick based on a half of a strong year? No. Nope, nope, nope. Come on, man. I mean, look, here's the thing. Saquon, the number two overall pick, he has had three seasons now where he has missed games because of injuries. And I'm not talking about a game here or a game here. I'm talking about chunks of the season. He ain't fetching a second round pick especially if he only has a, a half a year's worth of strong play. It just, it, it's not happening. Okay. Number two, I do not think the giants are going to trade him. All right. Because, you know, say what you want about him. He's still a good enough player to help the offense. All right. He has a cap hit next year of seven and a half million. I think it is, which is lower than the 10 million that he has this year. It makes no sense to trade him. I'm sorry. I know some people want to see him gone. Some people talk about what he might fetch. He ain't fetching the second round pick. I can tell you that much right now. And if he does, then if I'm the Giants, I would make sure that whoever agrees to those terms gets a perennial supply of fruit baskets and flowers. Okay. Next question comes from Joey Vags. Um, And he writes... Andrew Thomas planned to get him back in full go or partial and what week? All right, Joey, as I record this, it is Monday night. All right. So we saw one brief practice today at the Giants facility. Andrew Thomas was not taking part in that practice. All right. So will he practice on Wednesday when the players come back? That remains to be seen, but here's what I'm thinking. Andrew Thomas 
has been on IR now, I want to say for three weeks, possibly, I, I guess if you count the bye week, possibly four. When he comes back, when he is cleared to return to practice, he will most likely be limited. And my guess is they will not put him back in the game until they are certain he can go the distance. Now, for me, my guess would be he would have to get through a full week of practice with at least a limited status. All right. So if he misses one day of practice, my guess is you will not see him. So as for what week, I have no idea. I, I, I know they had hoped he would be back for the week 11 game against the Tampa Bay Bucks. I don't know that that's going to happen. But again, it's kind of early in the week. So we'll have to kind of see um, what happens the rest of the week. But right now, as I record this on Monday, my guess is Andrew Thomas might still be another week away. Subject, subject to change, if that changes, I will talk about it later in a later show this week. But that's where we stand right now. Okay. Now, let us go to the email questions. All right. Let's kick it off with one from Alan B, who wants to know, tell me why Eli Manning can't take over the play calling. He certainly knows the personnel, and I think he's in the building. All right, Alan, there's several reasons. Number one, he doesn't want to. Okay, I can't stress that enough. Eli talked about how he finally is able to be a dad, you know, go to his children's events, coach them, spend time with them, have dinner with them. I don't see Eli giving that up. All right. So that's number one. Number two, all right. You, if you brought Eli in as the offensive coordinator for Daniel Jones, don't you think that would be a little weird for everybody involved? So I don't see that happening. Number three, if any, if nothing else, if Jason Garrett is not back next year, my money right now would be on Freddie Kitchens becoming the offensive coordinator. All right. Um, Kitchens and Joe Judge are, they go back a long time. Um, I could see that move being made. And then number four, you mentioned you think Eli Manning um, is in the building. And he is, but not full time, meaning he's in, I think, uh, I want to say a couple, two or three days a week. So, no, just forget that idea. I know it's a it's a romantic dream, but it's just it's not realistic. It's not going to happen. All right, Giant fans, we have more of your questions coming up in just a moment. But if you do a lot of driving like I do, then you need to know about a fantastic new app called Get Upside. When you open an account on Get Upside, you can get twenty five cents per gallon back every time you fill up at the pump. GetUpside makes it easy to cash out anytime you want, and you can choose how you cash out, whether it be direct deposit to your bank account, PayPal, an Amazon gift card, and many, many more. So go to GetUpside today, download the app. You can find it on the iTunes store or on Google Play, and sign up for your account. Use our special promo code, TOUCHDOWN, and you will get a $0.25 bonus off your first fill up. So that's up to 50 cents per gallon on your first fill up when you open an account on Get Upside and use our special promo code Touchdown. So check it out. Start saving today. Get Upside. 
All right, Giant fans, you've got Patricia Trana here on a Twitter Tuesday. We are answering your questions, which, as always, are fantastic. We've got three more to go on today's show. Let's get into them. These are submitted via our email address, Podcast at gmail.com. All right. So this next one comes from G-Man in Florida, who says, let's say the Giants are searching for a new GM. Right now, after Dave has been informed this weekend, he will not be retained for next year. Which current coach, which current coach do they try to retain? Your selection, Joe Judge or Patrick Graham as the head coach for next year. Jason Garrett is fired without hesitation. All right. So you're basically asking me if the Giants had a pick between Joe Judge and Patrick Graham, who would they pick? They're going to stick with Joe Judge. I mean, that's kind of a no brainer. Um. Patrick Graham, one day, I I believe he will be a head coach and he will be a very good head coach. But for the reasons I mentioned earlier in the program, you don't tear it down and start all over again. I mean, Joe Judge, all right, I don't want to use this as an excuse because it's not really an excuse, but the injuries have made it challenging for the Giants. They don't have enough depth on the offensive line. So, you know, you've got these injuries now. And when you don't have enough depth to go with your injuries, that can make it hard to know what you really have. So in that regard, I could see giving the Giants a little bit of a pass. But Joe's done nothing, in my opinion, to warrant being replaced. And as I said, you don't want to keep starting over and over and over every two years with a new head coach. It just does not make sense. It's not good for the franchise. It's not good for anybody. So Joe would be, you know, if it came down to Joe or Patrick, Joe would be the guy I would, I would choose to keep. All right. This next question comes via email. And this is from one of our YouTube uh, viewers, Natalie, who writes, I saw a snippet while scrolling through sports articles. And I saw someone write that the head coach decides which players are on the field for plays. Is that true? And if so, how does that work with play calling? Um, does the head coach say who's in, in the the offensive coordinator, de- defensive coordinator have to figure out what place to call or does this? Sub- okay, I got, I got the, uh, the gist of the question. All right. So, Natalie, this is how it works. The Giants, and, and this is in the case of the Giants, because um, I know other teams might do it a little differently. So each coordinator has specific personnel packages. All right. And they have names for them, whatever, you know, I'm not going to disclose the names. I know what some of the names are, but I'm not going to disclose what they are. So let's say, and I'm going to give you a a, a fake name. Let's say, you know, back in the day, the Giants had a package called the four aces package. And that was the package that consisted of four pass rushers. So Steve Spagnuolo, who was the defensive coordinator, called it the four aces. All right. So Spagnolo would, would, you know, being in charge of the defense would call, you know, a certain play and say, okay, four aces, you're up. And the four pass rushers and the accompanying back of the defense, the defensive backs would know who to be, who had to be out there on the field. So it, to, the long, uh, the short answer is it's up to the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator and the special teams coordinator to determine who goes out on the field. Now, can the head coach overrule them? Absolutely. In this case, though, Joe Judge 
pretty much lets Jason Garrett decide what's, you know, what packages are going out there. Um, he's letting Patrick Graham decide what packages go out there. Same thing with Thomas McGahee. Um, during the week when they game plan, though, they all talk about, you know, what they're going to do, which packages they're going to use here and there and so forth. And Judge does sign off on those game plans. But for the most part, like I said, it's up to the coordinators to decide who goes in at what point. And they are given names. Um, you know, they have clever names for them that they use. And that's how the players kind of know, okay, I it, what package do I belong to? Like if I were playing, for example, I might belong to three packages on defense. All right. So I might belong to the, the um, big pen club, the pencil club and the marker club. Okay. Let's using those names as an example. So if the coach yells out big pen on the field, I know I have to go out there. If he yells out marker pen, marker pen on the field, I know I have to go out there. So that's kind of how it works as I understand it. I hope that answers your question. I know it's, it sounds confusing, but it comes down to the coordinator's um, decision. So thanks for that question, Natalie. All right. Our final question comes from Matt L. And let's see. He writes about Dave Gettleman's introduction as the new GM. And let's see. He talks about when Dave Gettleman was talking about the need for big offensive linemen and defensive line hog mollies. He made me believe that he really had a good idea of what the real problem of the Giants was at the time. I know there were many fans in media as well who also recognized that the Giants were severely lacking in quality starters. I thought he would have seen the previous history of the Giants building from the outside in. What in Sam Hill distracted him from what appeared to be his initial mission, rebuild the lines? Was it pressure from ownership? Was he blinded by trying to get Eli some skilled players? I am confused. Can you help me straighten this out? Okay. So basically, why hasn't the offensive line been fixed? All right. Um, I think Dave Gettleman tried to fix it. I really do. But I go back to 2018. And if you read my series about how history repeated itself, I did a three-part series last week on Giants Country. And I talked about the O-line. And... I talked about that 2018 draft and how Dave Gettleman might as well have taken a billboard out in Times Square saying, I'm drafting Saquon Barkley because everybody knew that that's who he was going to be drafting. I knew that in February that that was who he was targeting if he was there. Um, at the time, what I suspected the thinking was, is that, okay, let's get some veterans in here to plug a few holes, hold us over. Meanwhile, we've got a veteran quarterback in Eli Manning. Let's take some of the onus off of him so he doesn't have to throw the ball 600 times a season, get him a running game. And Eli is smart enough, you know, since he's been there, done that, seen it all, to get the ball out of his hands quickly, make the right decisions, and just survive out there. Now, the problem with that thinking is that Eli's a statue, as we all know. He was not one to move around the pocket unless he absolutely had to. And even then, he's not like Daniel Jones is today, where Daniel will take off and use his legs to get positive yardage. Eli just wasn't like that. All that being said, Dave's error was in not addressing that offensive line right away. He he clung 
for whatever reason, whether it be because of ownership or because he watched the tape and was convinced that Eli still had another two, three years left in him, he clung to the notion that, okay, we've got our quarterback. We'll, we'll patch up the offensive line, get him a running back, and we should be good to make, to, to make a run of it. Problem was, is that was short-sighted thinking because Eli was at the end of his career. And, you know, I know hindsight is 2020, but they should have brought in young offensive linemen and gotten the unit ready for the new quarterback, whoever he was going to be at the time. That's where I think Dave Gettleman erred. All right. So now come 2019, um, same kind of problem again. You know, I think, let's see, Daniel was the first pick. Um, actually, they had three first-round picks, Daniel, uh, Dexter, and uh, DeAndre Baker. And um, I'm trying to remember the second-round pick. that what Will Hernandez was the second-round pick in 2018. So anyway, uh, long story short, they, they tried again to kind of fix things up through free agency, and it didn't work. So come 2020, that's when they realize, okay, you know what? We better address this offensive line and get this set up so that we can tell what we have at quarterback. So the long, long story short, I think the answer to what might have distracted Gettleman might've been the presence of Eli Manning. And again, whether that was from ownership dictating to Dave to do something to make life easier for Eli, or if Dave's in looking at the film decided that Eli still had enough left in him to where they could make a run. I don't know the answer to that. I would think hopefully that it was the latter Dave having looked at the film and realizing that or coming to the conclusion rather that they could make a run with Eli. Um, I don't think giants ownership butts in like some other ownership groups might. So um, the bottom line is it was mistaken judgment. I think we can all agree on that. And even Dave, um, I can't remember if it was this past off season or was it um, the last one, but even Dave admitted that some errors were made and John Mara admitted that some errors were made. So look, you can't go back and you can't erase time and get a do-over. So what are you going to do moving forward? And I also just think that this year, I know Gettleman wanted to try and add an offensive lineman in the draft, but the value wasn't there, I guess. You know, I guess, for example, I know in the third round, there was, the, I think there was a guy that they were eyeballing. I can't remember who it was off the, at the, off the top of my head, but he fell off the board before the Giants went on the clock. And I don't think the Giants wanted to trade any of the new assets they had acquired. So, what ended up happening is they went with the cornerback. Uh, they traded up to get the cornerback, Aaron Robinson, and they decided, you know, okay, we'll we'll make do with what we've got on the offensive line. Well, as I said before, injuries hit that unit. And while you don't want to say injuries are an excuse, when you don't have depth to step in for those injured guys, then that becomes a problem. And that's where I think Dave kind of missed the bus, if you will, in building that offensive line. So we'll see what happens. You know, I, I keep saying that I don't think he's going to be back next year, but only John Mayer and Steve Tish know what they're going to do. 
And I would be willing to bet right now they probably haven't made any firm decisions about the future of the GM position and whatnot. But whoever is in that GM chair next year, I would certainly hope that they would add some depth to that offensive line because look, it's a continue, you know, I don't want to compare it to a factory, but it's a continuing progress where this guy gets older. You want to have a young guy ready to step in for him, or this guy leaves via free agency. You want to have a backup that can step in and, and keep the continuity and keep it as seamless as possible. And right now the giants don't have that, which is a big, big flaw in their roster building process. All right. So hope that answers your question. Thank you for the question. And everybody, thank you for your questions. As always, that'll do it for this edition of the Lothan Giants podcast. And again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day, or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We'll have an all new episode of the Lothan Giants podcast on Thursday. Our crossover shows are back. So I'll have David Harrison of Locked on Bucks. He will join me for the crossover show. And then we'll just keep on rolling right along with shows right through Friday. And make sure you stick around because I'm working on a special surprise for y'all that you will not want to miss. So fingers crossed it comes together. If it does, I'll let you know just as soon as I can. So anyway, until tomorrow, everybody have a great one. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you tomorrow.